0: Welcome to Gapekeepers, hi ladies it's time for another episode of mind the gape i'm reese and i'm jeep baby and we're just gonna hop right into as we begin every episode the gape down um mainly because i have so much that i'm really super duper excited to share with you all yeah we took a little hiatus to take a little break reese went to the lake i went to the hamptons we had a moment yeah things were just getting a little crazy uh i got a new job i'm Falling in love with somebody, I am like the seasons turning a new leaf, and I'm unemployed and gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, uh, to bring it back to me, <laughs> um, I went on this super overwhelming 48 hour date this past week, which, like, I've done a lot in and out of the bedroom. I have never been on a a date that lasted this long. I've like hung out with men where it's like we're just like back and forth seeing each other. Several times a day to bang or whatever, but it's never been it all emotionally turbulent and or substantive. Mm -hmm. Turbulent's the wrong word. It was not turbulent at all. It was like amazing and perfect in every single way. Basically, I um, we're gonna call him the nurse. Uh, Went on a date with the nurse who is extremely hot and extremely basic as self-proclaimed self-proclaimed basic basic. self reclamation of basic reclamation of basic jeep is really on board with that um and i just sort of figured we wouldn't have a lot in common but we just found each other attractive i had sort of perused his instagram like the freak that i am and he followed a couple you know like like sexy alt boys with a lot of tattoos so I was like okay you just like have a fun type like I'm happy to fill those shoes for you this Mm -hmm. evening Um, but we actually really hit it off and he's like really amazing Um, and I think the reason we hit it off so immediately is because he is incredibly earnest and I am coming to realize earnestness correlates directly with emotional communicativity and maturity and authenticity and authenticity people who are sarcastic sardonic always ironic like You know, it's really fun. And it's for I also tend to find it very attractive and engaging and stimulating, but it's always a curtain behind which hides an inability to communicate about one's feelings. Not always, but it like it tends toward that. And if you get to know people who are really sarcastic and really ironic and blah, 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 you see that it's just sort of like a defense mechanism. Where'd you start? Where'd you go? We started at Dynaco. Love Dinoco. We love, love Dinoco. Next you need- to our Dive. Super hot dive bar. Yeah. dive. So if you need a fun, sexy date spot in Bedside, absolutely go to Dinoco. The drinks are cheap. Super boozy. Um, it's very datey because, like, even when it's crowded, uh, it's, you know, super low lit. There's a lot of, you know, the space, pro- like, produces a lot of, like, just, like, a sense of intimacy and, like, fun and sexiness. But it's also, like, low stakes. Mm-hmm. Really great spot. Yeah. Um, so we got super drunk at Dynaco, went back to his place, you know, hooked up, had absolutely amazing sex. So amazing, in fact, that, like, when we finished, he was just, like, still hard. And he was like, "Uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I can keep fucking you. And I was like, well, yeah, duh. When like, he topped? Yeah. Oh, love. Love. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing was, like, I was really worried going into this interaction <laughs> that he was just, like, i not worried because, like, as I have to continue defending myself on, I am in fact versatile. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, I have really been topping a lot lately. And I was like, you know, I just need like a hot fit top to like put me in my place. And Period. period. Not only did that, but did so with gusto and clearly was like super into it because he just stayed hard after ejaculating. It was amazing like he was just so giving and generous in the bedroom and like passionate it was oh god it was divine um and so after that we like watched a movie went to sleep we woke up the next day and for those of you who don't know me i don't sleep in and when i sleep in like i don't sleep in like i Mm -hmm. will never like same i might stay in bed for two and a half hours but like i will be awake before 10 a.m no matter what period it just that's always how it goes he's we finally wake up and granted he lives in a dungeon um a sexy dungeon but like there's no natural light um and he was like oh i wonder what time it is and i was like "Mm," i probably did like really fuck it like when i'm sleeping with a boy like i love to be like in and out of sleep like whatever so i was like it's probably 11 it's probably really late he goes it's 155 (sighs) oh my god (laughs) and I was like oh I'm sorry you're simply lying um the satellites are off like your phone's broken like this is just not right so of course I checked my phone I checked my watch I was like wow it is literally approaching two o'clock and so I was like well my entire day is ruined so do you want to go get brunch (laughs) I, I hate using that word as you hate using the word brunch I hate the word brunch I live for the word brunch I know you do that's why we're foils. That's why we're co-hosts. That's why we're co-hosts. Because you love brunch and I don't. Because I'm a basic little white girl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And you're um, my GBF. And I'm your GBF. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that for us. Like, I get to be your GBF. Literally. That's so hot. That's fun. That is fun. Um, No, so we, like, went out to eat and it just, like, then he, like, we were like by my house and he was talking about borrowing a book so I was like do you want to come over and borrow a book from me which is so hot people don't borrow books anymore like that's not honestly great little trick if you talk to somebody like talking to people about literature I find is so much more fun than talking about tv or whatever yeah so if you get somebody at all into reading and you're able to like recommend a book or at least not force it that is such a great thing especially because it involves like You know, like, a physical exchange. Like, I'm giving you this thing. We're going to talk about love languages and gift-giving You know who I borrowed a book from and I still have? Who? Yoga Boy. Oh, my God. No, that's another thing. You then have this, like, especially if it's, like, a one-off, you have this little totem that it's, like, you could always be, like, hey, you want your book back? Should I say that? I mean, not, no. Mm. He's moving in January, so you might as well try soon. I mean, I got part of me might as well, but part of me is, like, if I we haven't talked in a long time, so it's like if I try to reconnect, is he going to misinterpret that as me like longing for him? Couldn't I mean, look, it's a stretch, but like, couldn't you just be like, hey, heard you're moving. Have this thing of yours. Do you want it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's weird. That's not bad. Um, Back at the ranch. Back at the ranch. So he comes over and I kind of just thought that's where it was ending, but nope, gave him the book. We had sex. We ended up spending the whole night together. We came and played pool. He came to pool night. And it was so funny because he hit it off with Allison. Our girl Allison, my roommate. She's roommate her. Allison. We do love her. And it was just also really nice because like, oh, you can totally hang. Came back to mine, slept over. We ate another big fat meal in the morning and then finally parted ways. Um, and it was just honestly like the thing, of I realized two things. One, dating is truly so exhausting like spending 48 hours with somebody afterward I was like I literally need to like lie down like Mm -hmm. that is such an intense thing to do um but it also made me realize we exercise a lot of willful denial when we're dating say that one a little bit louder (laughs) we exercise for the people in the back (laughs) we exercise a lot of willful denial when we're dating You know, cause like, I think like, go on, even if it's not like red flags, you go on a date with somebody, especially if you're like reaching a point of exhaustion with dating, you're like, you're going on dates. It's not working out. You're going on dates. It's not working out. You're, you're kind of like, maybe I need to be more open-minded. Maybe I need to be, you know, more accepting of difference or whatever, but that can sometimes, and I think this is what I was doing, bleed into like, you'll see things that are just like indicators of things you just don't like in a person or that are incompatible. Yeah. And you're like, well, maybe I need to just try to like table that and think about it later and this date because everything went so swimmingly we the connection was so immediate and so obvious I was like you know what you actually just don't need to be doing that because you know what maybe it was a perfect match maybe it was a perfect match maybe your perfect match is in fact out there honestly like anyone can be a perfect match to anybody it's just like sometimes you click sometimes you don't sometimes it's not about you sometimes it's really the other person sometimes it's just the right place the right time and it clicks yeah and also the thing being even if it is about you it's like, yeah, it needs to be the right place and the right time and the right person for both of those. We like, know how does this date like how do you feel moving forward? I don't know. We've been really communicative. Um, we have seen each other again already, as I told you. Um, and right now he's out of town. So it's just kind of tabled for a couple weeks. But yeah, I mean, I think because. I feel, I mean, I'm very optimistic because our communication styles are so matched. Like Love. We are very communicative, extremely transparent. There's a desire to be in, like, regular communication. I can't do, like, this is also why I simply can't talk to heterosexuals about dating. Because, like, I can't play, like, the game, whatever that is. Like, I can't be... You're like, bad at playing the I'm game. I'm very You're bad at, playing, at playing, the playing the game. I'm really not coy. Um, I'm extremely un- upfront. If I'm interested in somebody, I really like to sort of get through a lot in a little bit of time, not in terms of like emotional intensity, even just like connecting, like getting to know you, like learning a lot about you. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just how I function and people who, you know, want to be courted very gently or, um, gently <laughs> <laughs> over a longer period of time. Uh, they're not for me and I am certainly not for them. And I get that. Cause like, I, I've played the game for years. I know the game like the back of my fucking hand and we'll talk about this later in a different episode, but like I am so susceptible to susceptible to being gaslit that like I don't even know where to begin and end. You know what I mean? I well, we will begin and end on gaslighting in our next episode. In our episode next episode. <laughs> on gas. On gas. <laughs> so stay tuned. Um, the only other update I have that I'm not gonna go into detail about but is a flax is like I had my first like actual orgy last night. Yay, clap for Reese. I got the absolute shit fucked out of me. It was amazing. That does sound amazing. It actually really was. There was something really, I have yet to articulate it and maybe I'll be back with a better explanation next week, but there was something enormously validating about it. There's something Mm. like kind of different about being in a whole group of people who are like acknowledging and respond like, and beyond acknowledging they are acting on and, like, demonstrating their attraction to you. Yeah. You know, it's, like, this whole group of people. It's, like, wow, you can actually stand in a group of people and they can all find you. H- and we can all mutually find each other attractive. It was God, just like a my very- first orgy was terrible. My first orgy was a <laughs> fucking mess. I think <laughs> no, I've talked about it in pod. I was so scared because, like, every orgy story I've heard has just been, like, a lot of limp tics. A lot of limp tics. Lots of limp tics. That was not the case last evening. Thank fucking God. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but Tell me about Rocky. Oh, my God. Okay, so. I want some Rocky jokes. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky, like, the the boxer thing. We're going to have to find some out. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Oh, my God. Rocky Rocky Road. Rocky Roadhead. Rocky Roadhead. Rocky relationship is what is happening. (laughs) So, like, I think I might have talked about this either last week or a few weeks ago. I think it was in the episode we didn't release. Um, the failed three-way. The no, fail- that was released for sure. Okay. The failed, long story short, I had a, just to recap, I had a failed three-way where Rocky and this girl invited a long story, oh, 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 I didn't tell you this. Update, <laughs> update. <laughs> oh my God, hold on. So, <laughs> remember how the girl said, I can't leave because I'm waiting for Stella to finish so I can leave with her. Mm-hmm. That was a bold-faced lie. <gasps> She knew damn well Stella was going to spend the night. Oh. She knew damn well, and she just didn't want to fucking leave because she wanted oh, to have a three-way with God. me and Rocky. Wait, did you learn this in the Hamptons? I learned this in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. I was furious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, I did get cock-blocked. Yeah, you really did. I really fucking did. Wow. What a 180. Love her, but she's <laughs> on my shit list, and she <laughs> owes me. She 100% <laughs> fucking owes me. But so then... We, Rocky and I, like a week, like two weeks later, like talked about it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I've been like trying to hook up with you for so long. Like, I'm super into you, blah, 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 blah. I just don't know what to do because he now has this girlfriend. And I was like, well, baby, you missed out. And he said, I'm missing out. There will be a future ASAP. And in that same breath, so sorry, in that same breath, he invited me to the Hamptons and told me his girlfriend wasn't going to be there. This friend group has a lying problem. Lo and behold, the girlfriend was there. Also, these my friends. Yeah, so. they're all Reese's friends. Reese was My friend group has there. a lying problem. And oh, I also wasn't there. I wasn't... I'm not going to try anything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be a homewrecker. I've been a homewrecker before. It's not fun. It's messy. And I'm not going to do anything. But I'm not going to say no <laughs> if he comes on to me. And so... Me? Agency? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. And so then... We held the pong table. The Hamptons was really drama-free. We, like, had, like, a nice time. It was, it was really chill. And then last weekend, me and the girls got dinner. We invited Rocky and this other guy to come play pool with us. We all post-game back at their place. and went into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Rocky and I went to our bedroom. And he's like, damn, like, every time I get you alone in my room, there's a barrier between us. And I'm like, LMAO. Is it the barrier not his unwillingness to act? It's his, It's the fact that he has a girlfriend and he doesn't want to cheat on her, which I think is totally fair. I mean, yes and. But then he, like, insisted on me spending the night. Insisted. he was. I was like, it's like 5 a.m. and I'm like, well, I guess I might go home. And he's like, no, you should stay. And I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping on a couch, so okay. I'm probably going to go home. But the gag is, like, He's obviously emotionally cheating. That's what I was gonna say. Hold on, hold on. Let's finish and let's because okay. I, I want to get to that. Okay, I really want to get to that. And so he's like, he's like, no, you'd you'd share my bed, and I'm like, how? What do you mean? And we like joked about it, and then like he took off his clothes. He was down to his underwear. I had borrowed a shirt. I was also wearing um shapewear <laughs> as underwear so i really i was like oh this is like fancy tucking underwear because oh my god wait i forgot to mention oh yeah the real kicker when we were playing pool <laughs> having a cigarette break and rocky we were talking about penises or something and i said something about mine and he's like wait you have a dick and i'm like <laughs> yes not rocky fishing for fish and he was like oh i like, thought you had a vagina. And I was like, in what world made you think that? And he's like, I thought you got the surgery. I'm like, got the surgery? And I'm hey, like, no. You're, you're fish. I'm you're I'm giving estrogen. I am giving full fucking Oh my god, fantasy. have you seen that meme? It's giving cunt, Hunt, bitch, bitch, estrogen. estrogen. That's I literally cunt. me. That's literally you. It's giving... So Anatomical I, vagina. And I was like, well, wow, like if that three-way like actually happened, you would have been in for a surprise. And he said, I would have been down for it. Ah, I'm like, damn right, you kinda. would be. <laughs> and so back at the ranch, we're in the bedroom. Did I tell you this? I think I told you part of this. Yeah. Um, we're in the bedroom, he's like spooning me, we're cuddling, and then we just start also I'm in full hair and makeup. Like I'm sleeping in my makeup and my wig. There's no way I'm taking either of those off. Mm-hmm. And so we're just like cuddling and like talking about life. He like opens up to me, tells me these things he hasn't even told his girlfriend. So I have the power. And <laughs> we were talking about our love languages. A little ass slapping here and there. Oh, a little bit of some minor spanking. On. And I fell asleep in his arms, and I woke up from a violent nightmare. <laughs> Which I haven't had a nightmare in a very long time. So I don't know what my subconscious is telling me. But that I you're punched a home like that I'm a homewrecker. We'll see. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning. He made me coffee. He like was like, oh, shit, I should probably text my girlfriend back. I'm like, yeah, I should probably text my boyfriend back. And like, if I was her, I'd be pissed. Would I be pissed? Well, Be pissed. I don't boyfriend, think, yeah, boyfriend. We're we'll weeping that out. We're that out. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I haven't told him, and like, I don't really plan on telling him because like, I didn't do anything, and like, I'm not trying to date. I'm just trying to have sex with him. That's true, and I mean, I'm not. There trying. is this whole sort of courtship happening, and the courtship is fun. It's flirty, and like, I don't really see it as emotional cheating on my part. I mean, I asked just to probe, just because I don't think it is. But also... you. But do the, you think it's emotional cheating on his part? Well, at one, the structure of your guys, your and boyfriend's relationship, yeah. you and your boyfriend's relationship is obviously fundamentally different because it is open. And I think it's ignorant to open a relationship and not assume that some level of courtship... Has to happen. Has to happen to, you know, create the sexual interactions outside of your relationship that and you like, want to happen. we've talked about rules, like no hinge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No like explicit, like dating. Right. Which is I fair. I mean, listen, I don't think h- rules are going to prevent emotional cheating from happening. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you opened your relationship because you've achieved a level of trust where like, you don't believe somebody could just easily walk into this person's life and essentially take them away from you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's just like the reality of it. And that has to be the reality of all uh, open relationships they're still, you know, orders of magnitude apart from polyamory, but nonetheless, you have to have that baseline acceptance. I think on (laughs) part, it's emotional cheating because on Rocky's part, on Rocky's part, we're going to beep that out too. Ah! (laughs) I'm sorry. You have used his real name in a previous episode. Eh, Whatever. (laughs) Shouldn't have said that either. (laughs) Um, We'll workshop it. We'll workshop the last 30 seconds of this episode. (laughs) Um, no, but I think in that case, it's emotional cheating because the parameters of their relationship with their girlfriend are totally fundamentally different. different. And also because you're not out here sharing with them things that you haven't shared with Adam. Literally. Like they are, if there is this desire to open up to you, whether that's positive, whether that's fetishistic, right? Whether it's somewhere in the middle, it's like, you know, you're doing something that is kind of emotionally questionable in light of you having this blossoming relationship with monogamous relationship with another person. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause to me it's like, I mean, and again, this is naturally something <clears throat> someone who's non-monogamous would say, but sex is incidental. Like my relationship with you is about my desire to be with you as a person. It's like, you open up to me. Like we connect on a really deep level. I feel like I can share anything with you. I have, you know, boundless trust in you. Like, you know, I, I, love and honor your mistakes and who you are and like your mm-hmm. fallibilities blah 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 you know it's like that for me is like the real crux of like building a serious and meaningful relationship and it's like if you're already compromising that or rather not able to build that with somebody and therefore start building it with this somebody else point. this is a it's good like, point what are you doing and I'm not saying people don't like the girlfriend I'm just saying the girlfriend's blase and everyone's been calling mm-hmm. her an NPC a non-playable character ah! yeah <laughs> someone needs to get off dungeons and dragons literally it's it's hilarious wait what's the game you play league of legends same thing <laughs> i'm a gamer <laughs> she's a gamer speaking of typecasting um that's what this episode's about we don't have a title yet so hopefully there's something by the time oh, you're shit. listening to this we gotta think of a title post facto um uh, we'll we'll save that for post-production Um, But today we want to talk about like the different ways in which we uh, Manifest our personalities And box ourselves in (laughs) Um, And first and foremost we really want to start with Myers-Briggs Because I'm an ENTJ and And Jeep is an ENTP Mm -hmm. Perceiving baby Do not perceive me unless you are Jeep Unless you are Jeep Then please do Um, Honestly I don't know how much any of y'all know about Myers-Briggs I don't think it's really worth our time to like debrief because honestly if you don't like do your own research you're living under a rock period but <laughs> basically I'm an ENTJ which is colloquially known as the executive and I am convinced this is why nobody wanted to hire me and I'm an ENTP which is the debater which I don't I don't know why no one's hiring me I'm adorable <laughs> do I don't you know Feel why. like a debater I wouldn't say I feel like a debater, but it, it's a debater. And there's another version of it. I don't remember. Let's preface that. I put very little currency into my Myers-Briggs and not, very little. And nobody should. It's ridiculous. I didn't know I Myers-Briggs until 2019 <clears throat> when like there was this closeted frat boy that I was hooking up with from my old fraternity who long story short back at school, we like broke into someone's bedroom cause I didn't have access to anybody's room in the frat house and we fucked on the floor he said it was his first time like having a queer experience oh my God, this was this guy this was this guy and Ugh. he was like he told me he loved me he made me call him poppy and <laughs> i forget there was not love and poppy at the same time same time and so then we ended up hooking up a lot in the summer we were both back in new york and literally right after we had sex he's like i'm obsessed with myers briggs you need to take this right now i need to find out right now How'd that make you feel? It made me feel like awkward because I'm like, wow, I'm significantly less attracted to you right now. Honestly. Yeah. First of all, weird because like what are you really gaining from this information right now he's so weird he goes on quora and like answers people's questions for fun no 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 no, no. Specifically i'm sorry. about business and the myers-briggs stuff you might as well run like an alt conspiracy theory account like literally that is so scary so stupid so S- boring so weird that's like oh my god were you ever on yahoo answers was i ever on yahoo answers i mean i've used yahoo answers i wasn't like on it we should do an entire episode where we just answer like we discuss like yahoo answers questions about sex and sexuality yeah that could be fun we should that, do that. would be fun we would you like that. to listen to that yeah let us know in the comments too bad you can't comment on either platform on which wait you can leave a review though on, on apple, apple and let us take this moment to say those of you who have left reviews incredibly sweet we really appreciate it they are lovely articulate and super amazing so thank you if you haven't Please do. It helps us get listeners. Please do. Um, I have a point about this that I want to talk about after we talk about. Another way we talk, we tend to typecast people, the way we typecast people in 2021, astrology. Astrology, baby. Astrology, girls. We live in Brooklyn. Thank <laughs> God we're not in Bushwick. or It'd be 10 times worse. I don't want to deal with the Bushwick witches. That being said, we are double sag. We are a double sag. Sag fags. Sag fags. Um, and I we, love that for us. We will be having a joint birthday party You're all invited all of you um, but I don't know I like mm, astrology mm. I'm like I'm just getting weird texts from my boyfriend about why he's ha- he like literally randomly texts me he's like I think I have trouble emotionally opening up but I'm like I can't read that right now <laughs> well you just did and you shared it with the class <laughs> um, no uh I don't believe in the stars but I do believe in drama. I do believe in drama. I don't. I drama. Oh my god. (laughs) I drama. A new app for I drama. A new app. Did I ever tell you about this sidebar? Did I ever tell you about this AI project I was working on that I never finished? Is it called I drama? It's called (laughs) Bitchbot, where I feed it (laughs) a bunch of scripts from all sorts of different reality shows and make it like, like, hey Alexa, what's the tea? And then it generates drama. Okay, see the irony of this conversation it is is it is totally confirming that we are both Sagittarius and that maybe we should uh take astrology with a granularity of seriousness. A granularity of seriousness. A granularity of seriousness. Love. Like a single granule of sand of seriousness. I mean my Pisces moon makes me an empath. My Taurus moon just makes me a crying asshole. Makes you a bitch it sure fucking does our moon suck and astrology sucks astrology honestly, sucks if you're into astrology it's a red flag it's a huge red flag and again it, it goes back to honestly what I wanted to say that came to mind when we were talking about Myers-Briggs because they are one in the same it's like I'm really just unsettled by queers who feel a need to like typecast and categorize we'll talk momentarily after this about like the gay animal house Um, but you know it's like if you set like a requirement be it a height or weight requirement or, you know, a category or type mm. requirement on Grinder. It's like, first of all, even if you're into something and I'm just supposed to buy that baseline, there are exceptions to every rule. Yeah. There are exceptions to every rule. So you're eliminating those people for no goddamn reason. But second, it's like, it just leaves no room for uncertainty or just like people being these like fluid, dynamic Individuals, which is so ironic for queer people because it's like the whole thing about coming out as a queer person is you're like breaking out of this box that like you've mm-hmm. been assigned by the heterosexual world. And you're saying like, I'm not easily definable. Like I exist in a certain kind of way or a different kind of way that yes. like, is not easily compartmentalized or understood by heterosexual cisgender world yet then we recreate that by being like you're an otter like you're a bear like you're a cub like you're a twink you're a jock whatever you know and it's like everyone's typecasted everyone's placed into a box everyone's labeled and everyone's like oh like labels are stupid blah. and i don't want to sound like an annoying like post-structuralist dick bag but like that is exactly what heterosexual life does to us already and i do want to say there is a point to using these quote-unquote labels as vocabulary to help you describe what you're feeling and to be Mm -hmm. able to communicate who you are as a person I totally understand that to use it as a tool but people don't have the like emotional backing to use it as a tool they'll grasp onto it and make it their whole identity like people who put rainbows everywhere and make being a homosexual their entire identity like sucking dick isn't who you are right and then this gets connected to you know, like I was saying, recreating heterosexuality because those types as like the gay animal house, perfect time to bring it up. Because like it, then those, those tags, those types, those categories are, you know, also hinged on certain expectations of masculinity and femininity, right? Mm -hmm. We expect twinks to be more feminine. We expect jocks to be more masculine. A bear, you're certainly expecting to have like a deep voice and be kind of grumpy. You're expecting something. You're expecting something and that's absolutely tied to your expectation your standardized you know expectations of gender and sex which are exactly the kind of things we should be trying at every step of interacting with other queer people to undo yes so i find those things super problematic however it also categorizes people and it prevents you from experiencing new things totally and it but it also creates these like unrealistic expectations of like you know if i'm called an otter i'm like and, like I'm certainly hairy enough, but like, am I built enough? Like, am I like X, Y, or Z enough to like, f- you know, embody this, like whatever kind of, you know, whatever gay character I happen to be. Yeah. You know? I told you the time I got naked in front of that daddy that I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't slept with in a while. And he's like, you're not a twink anymore. And I said, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, exactly. It's just like all, it's all, all sorts of bad. And like, speaking of bad fucking typecasting, Stop telling me your Hogwarts house. Stop telling me your Hogwarts house. Don't put on your dating profiles. Like, you Please don't. You are not a Slytherin. I'm totally ripping a tweet right now. You're not a Slytherin. You're a 35-year-old man. Literally, like, if you have your Hogwarts house in your bio for any dating app, I'm swiping left. Absolutely. And it's also like, listen, like, first of all, J.K. Rowling's a fucking turf. So, period. like, that should be enough. I'm so sorry for all of you who have to get your Deathly Hallows tattoos covered up. But, like... Even if you believe in like separating the art from the artist, which whatever, but also just, you know, Harry Potter like holds a meaningful place in your heart and in your childhood. Like, I totally understand that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I was verifiably obsessed with those books when I was a kid to a point that is like, di- like, uh, concerning. Um, but like, and I hated the books as a kid. I really didn't like Harry Potter because Harry Potter's a bitch. he's a little if Malfoy gave me lip like he gave Harry Potter I would have knocked him in the first book it's just yeah what okay well we're not gonna dig into Harry Potter we're absolutely not letting us do letting ourselves do that (laughs) um but like even if you're not a fan like you can leave it behind like Mm -hmm. it it's it's over the movies are fine. you're adults uh Gen Z I'm like particularly concerned stop posting TikToks about shifting into Hogwarts also like oh my god i love shifting i do not love shifting having an imagination it's niche it's (laughs) also like stop ripping on millennials and then being obsessed with harry potter yeah like what pick a side pick a side no um basically i guess the lesson from all of this is typecasting categorizing is bad and uh and I want to know, I want to circle back to typecasting in the animal house because I want to know where that puts me, like, as this, like, trans non-binary person. Like, I don't know. It's frustrating because without the wig and the makeup, am I a twink still? With the wig and the makeup, I'm a woman. It's so complicated in right, the way the that. Right, the thing about categorization is yeah. it is, like, necessarily by definition Exclusive, yeah. Because as if as if we can also agree, there's always an exception to every rule. We can agree there are always going to be people who do not neatly fit into the boxes and categories that we build out for ourselves and our communities. So Absolutely, it's like it just creates undue stress, anxiety, and insecurity for people who are just trying to be their authentic selves and don't want to be easily defined or. It's just boxed exhausting because I have people telling me I'm not a twink enough, I'm not trans enough, and like. As we know, I'm taking my sweet time with this transition. I'm not on hormones yet. I haven't had any surgeries. I finally made the executive decision that I'm going to start, if I can afford it, when I can afford it, getting laser on my face and chest. Mm -hmm. Because those are the body parts I have to shave, like, every day. And... I don't know where this, these categories, like the trans categorization, a lot of people gatekeep that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're not allowed to say you're, some people argue you're not allowed to say you're trans unless you've undergone some sort of medical transition. And I understand, like, I personally, personally, me, I believe that transness is a direct correlation to having genital and body dysphoria, mm-hmm. which is something that, like, I have. So I know that, I know deep down I am trans and I'm not in the financial, ooh, pardon me, I'm burping. I'm gassy. (laughs) Um, For (laughs) next episode. For next episode. Um, I'm not in the financial or emotional state to, for me, undergo the transition that I want to go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that puts me in a sticky situation. And I will say that I've recently noticed, this is kind of a sidebar, but I recently noticed that after opening the relationship, I've been with, like, what, 18 or something men. Mm-hmm. And out of 18 of those men, 17 of them I've had sex with as a woman. I've only had gay wow. sex one time. I didn't I, realize it was that um, steep of a imbalance. I, mean, I didn't that imbalance realize that either. You know. And I, I think, once again, I'm really proud of myself. And it's kind of it was kind of daunting to realize that, that I'm really starting to take some big steps in my transition. Yeah. And I'm really starting to take a big step. Whereas, you know... I'm not saying I'm in it. like my boyfriend and I are kind of in like a gay relationship. He's a gay man. He mostly sees me as a man, but I've been presenting femme way more. Like every time I go out, and every in front time of I meet him. people, and with, and with him, and with him, and I do it in front of him too, mm-hmm. and he knows yeah. that. I haven't had sex with him like that, and I don't think it'd be comfortable for either of us. Mm-hmm. But I he's mean, he's the only person I have gay sex with. Yeah, I. That's. I mean, I think you're really underscoring like the central issue here, which is that these categories. Don't account for time. They are static things mm-hmm. that exist outside of like time and space. And like we are dynamic beings who, you know, on our, you know, routes to self actualization go through like intermediary periods that are not easily definable, that are not easily categorizable. And those don't make us any less authentic. Right? Yeah. And, and you know, it's, and people experience this outside of sex and sexuality, right? Like, this is a whole point of conversation, um, you know, especially among, like, f- uh, first-generation Americans or people who are, you know, like, like, ha- like half one race and half the other, people who are mixed, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, yeah, I've constantly seen conversations on Twitter about, like, people will tell you you're not black enough, but then they also say you're not white enough and you find yourself, you know, a mixed mm-hmm. person finds themselves in this, like, weird sort of, you know, loneliness. And, you know, we do this with people from different countries and, like, Uh, like uh, whatever any sort of form of identity like any sort of line on which you are describing your identity like this happens invariably so it's not just about like understanding that sexuality and gender are like a process and they're fluid and they're dynamic it's that understanding that identity is something that through categorization um becomes problematic and like we have to develop these like new ways of seeing each other there's so much nuance to a person's identity and personality that i think is completely overlooked with this categorization that we see in the queer community yeah it's really it's not only is it overlooked but it's also just like so debased like really like i'm an otter i mean honestly that's about like the coolest animal you could be Mm -hmm. but like god forbid you'd be like a cub like what does that even mean god fucking forbid oh my god when if i don't shave i'd be an otter and baby, I shaved the whole fucking nine yards. But you know what's so weird is, like, gay men really do love being animals. Like, all the pup play. Like, oh, why my God. Do Puppy love, play. Why do y'all love being dogs? That being said, I do love to get on my knees and, like, pant in front of a dick. Like. <laughs> you didn't see my jaw drop. That was the silence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um. Okay. Speaking of shifting, we're going to shift topics and talk about love languages, baby. Yes, this is how we're going to wrap up the episode. First and foremost, your love languages, if you don't know them, you can just Google five love languages. Maybe I'll actually remember to include it in the bio. I could link to the love languages quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody listening should know their love languages. If you are a love language denier, you are simply prohibited from listening to this podcast. They are so real. It's such an incredible way of like, you know, understanding how you interact with someone intimately, whether it be a friend or a lover, it really gives you a nice perspective on the self, how you receive affection. Right. It's not, yeah. About how you receive and give and affection. give affection. It's so good for learning about yourself, learning how you need to uh, th- what the what kinds of needs you need to communicate to exactly. your partners, partners like it's just like an incredible tool. Um, So there are five love languages. Can we name them off the top of our head? There's quality Quality time, time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gift giving, acts of service. Yes. Boom. Amazing. Um, Gift giving and acts of service can seem like splitting hairs, but if you take the test, you'll understand the difference um but anyway mine are my top love languages are actually tied which is like relatively unusual usually people have a dominant love language but mine are tied for quality time and physical touch which honestly circling back to the beginning talking about that 48 hour date explains why i'm so enamored right now we spent a lot of time together and a lot of it was physical physical touch obviously doesn't have to mean like having sex or like necessarily being super intimate right it's just like Mm -hmm. when we went on a date later that week you know I had my hand on their knee, just, like, rubbing their knee, or they would, like, play with my fingers under the table, right? Yeah, like these put innocuous your hand on my shoulder. That, Yeah, you know, that some people don't like, and that's totally fine, right? But for me, are very important indications of affection and intimacy and care. Or, for example, like this past weekend when we were playing pool, Storm this is like my first time hanging out with him. This is my first time literally, like getting to know him and f- uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we had matching love languages and we were able to grow our friendship because we were able to touch each other in a way that was both platonic, but a little intimate and like not so much flirty, mm-hmm. but made me feel special. and made me feel valid. Right. Kind of like the way I, I've always talked about this in that especially like growing up like as like a gay boy or whatever, I had a select few straight friends where our love languages matched perfectly. And because of that, we were able to interact with each other on a really intimate level. We were My top two languages are fi- words of affirmation and physical touch. And so I had these men who were so comfortable in their sexuality that they were able to interact with me in an intimate way, and they were able to treat me like they treat the cis women that they interact with. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I value in those relationships, is seeing me as a person and not as like, a predator or as a gay or as a queer or whatever like seeing me as an individual that you can interact with in an intimate way because we have a connection and not just interact with in an intimate way but interact with in a specific intimate way specific to me right a way that i need and want to be interacted with conversely the other good thing about love languages is is by knowing other people's like you can practice the ones that maybe aren't necessarily important to you so are likely the ones that you're not super good at Mm -hmm. right for example words of affirmation really not important to me it was literally like my fourth or fifth actually i think it was my fourth on and then like gift giving was the last right like giving it good for doesn't me. like words of affirmation do not not like which is funny like because i actually am very like flattering and kind of like tend to like l- lay down like lay pretty heavily on like complimenting people when i first meet them but at mm-hmm. the same time um it's something that in a more substantive like more intimate way like beyond first meeting somebody i really have to think about consciously like remind like if that's important to someone remembering that like you have to tell them that 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 yeah what they did was great that like what you saw like made you feel a certain type of way and And that's why words affirmation works for me so well because i can't i if i see something i like when somebody i have to tell them i have to be Mm -hmm just communicative of my feelings it's like (coughs) my number one deal and the thing with my boyfriend is that we have very different love languages but we've learned to adapt to each other he touches me I told him like you need to touch me you need to touch me more you need to say more things to me you need to interact with me more on an intimate level because he like doesn't do that Mm -hmm. and he's learned to he's he's learned to soften his touch because before he would touch me in like really weird harsh like He's on the spectrum a little bit, so Mm -hmm. it's, like, difficult for him to interact in that kind of way. But he's learned and he's grown. We've grown together as a unit. Amazing. And I think that's so special and beautiful that he was able to evolve for me. Yeah. I think it's great that we've ended our conversation with love languages because it provides a flip side where you see, like... Categorization actually can at times be helpful when we take these things that can feel really difficult and amorphous and hard to understand, like love, right? Mm -hmm. And be like, actually, like there are discrete modes of communicating love, that means something to people, that work better than other ways, depending on who that individual is. And when you can put a language to it and um, you're able to identify it, then you're able to understand and execute it and deliver it in your life. Exactly, like building off what you said, like saying exactly the words you said, executing it mm-hmm. is important and knowing how to execute it. Right. Knowing how to be affectionate and knowing how to communicate that affection is only gonna make your relationships grow stronger because it grows stronger with intent. Yeah, so if you're in a new nation, burgeoning relationship and you you guys do not know your love languages take this test together it can be like a fun, fun sexy little, little activity uh, do make sure you take it without somebody's eyes over your shoulder it's always good to be on it, you definitely need to be honest about these things um, but yeah that's gonna be our dating advice for the day and I think on that note we can wrap it up we're gonna wrap it up today ladies girls gays and days I'm, I'm Reese I'm Jeep and we'll get to you next week with a uh, gas gas baby TTYS bye